Hello, Charlie Clemos here, coming thick and fast. This is the fifth episode of Radio Echo with Vanfara, this time with Daniel Seemeyer from Pub. In their words, an interdisciplinary initiative led by students at the Sandberg Institute, comprising artists, writers, editors and designers who aim to structure and establish a publishing practice at the Institute. We're in a bit of a jumbled order now, since I've yet to publish the fourth episode's second part, which will come out in advance of the next B-Channel event at Fanfara. This decision was mainly so that this present recording could come out ahead of Pub's event at Fanfara, which is entitled, One Publishes to Find Comrades. Considering the discussion that's about to follow, it's a very appropriate title, since a lot of what we talked about is publishing's continued role in establishing communities, a role that seems ever more pertinent in our current media climate. The event that's happening on th- on Friday... Yeah. yeah. What are you? What has it going to take shape? Well, like when I started Sandberg, I was um, so Sandberg is like based on the idea that you have to come up with your own structure and that you have to do like you spend two years uh, on self-initiated um, projects. And uh, at some point, when I was uh, working as an in-house designer, um, I talked to uh, to people who worked there and also uh, to the uh, to the dean of the school, Jürgen Bay. Um, that it would be nice to uh, come up with an idea how to make the stuff that happens in school more public. And from that idea, uh, uh, from from that conversation, uh, the idea grew that actually it is, it's a pity that there's no publishing or no publishing structure or publishing practice in school. So I think there's a lot of aesthetical, uh, aesthetic and um, intellectual uh, yeah, material that, that is worth being published. And also you can use publishing as a... Uh, as a tool to reflect upon your work, uh, to take it to the next step, or um, you can use it in many different ways for your practice. But at that point, like I was more excited about like the like the book as a uh, as an object aesthetically, and like from I think from those two points, uh, I got the idea that it'd be, ni- it'd be nice to um, be like a, like a hub where those things can come together. But since I didn't really have an idea of what publishing was. Um, I just, of course, had to learn uh, learn yeah. about it, and those interviews were like a a nice way to to do that. So you actually, yeah, it's really nice. Like you actually planned the the the, the, the learning experiences. Like was like kind of captured in the actual production of publication experience. Yeah. I suppose, right? Yeah. Something that came out of a few of the texts that you that you um, include in your publication is like this idea of like that the medium isn't even that important it's about like creating this community right or you know creating an audience the audience right. is more important so you know i mean this is certainly something that's coming up in the podcast yeah. thing it's like the importance of like tying it in with um with fanfara what i'm doing or or like working with other people and then getting them and it's partly this sort of slightly cynical like then there's more people who who will like promote it I guess yeah. but it's also just like it's nicer that way you know when it's kind of contained within people I know and my scene rather than trying to reach much further afield you know well like I think sometimes sometimes you need to reach out and like go beyond a uh, community <coughs> like maybe expand your network or maybe expand your community or maybe address people that that are not in, in necessarily in this in, in this kind of like group 
but I think what von Farrell does is is very much like uh, fostering this uh, com- idea of a community. Yeah. Uh, if you see like what kind of people um, come to the events, it's uh, it's always a, a community. Also, Saint Serif. Um, did you read? The, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, Saint Serif uh, does does that a lot. Yeah. So it's about and I I'm kind of conscious of like that that role as a as a writer it was it, particularly if i'm writing about the things that i'm encountering on a, in a very direct way rather than writing about i don't know the politics of the day or mm. something really obscure happening in another country or, or something like that is that is the sort of role you have in sort of bringing into being something that's not there before you know and i think that's the same with these publishers you know mm. You ha- you have this like role to interpret what's happening and then bring it together and it, it mm. sort of it sort of shines a light on what's already happening I guess you know mm. well I don't I don't think I'm I'm like trying to uh, put a particular light on things what I'm trying to do is uh, hooking up people with mm. each other yeah. so like sort of like being this this hub in a um, today one of my teachers said I'm like this spider in a web was like like a hub in a sort of like a network and then I, I try to like uh, be be aware and listen and then also um, connect people with each other to um, to identify and to um, to uh, yeah to uh, enforce uh, collaborative practices um, so that they can um, they can uh, bring it into a public form in, uh, in, in different senses which also, of course, when you publish, you also uh, you're also responsible for what you publish. Mm. Um, but yeah. I think there's at some point there's always a a moment where you where you become conscious of like what it actually um, <coughs> takes that, that 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 you are like responsible for how you foster those connections or how you um, because you also need to be persistent while being empathetic at the same time. Yeah. And that, of course, uh, can create friction. So that there is, um, like, even in that, there's already a, a responsibility, and mm. uh, not not just in in the sense of like what you what you publish or what you put out. One thing that kind of came out quite a bit was um, this sort of digitalization, mm. um, and like that there was this promise that that was going to do away with with print because you know it, it sort of basically allows for all the dynamic but i think it is a characteristic of our time that we don't rather than harnessing the sort of digital we're sort of retreating into the print the printed matter and i I think there is you know it's it's nice you you can hold it and and like i think it does puncture the spectacle yeah but i just recently read something about the problem with folk politics and this is what printing is it's kind right. of retreat into the local and the small without the potential to distribute on a wide scale I think it's just more like a almost like a fetish that I have that comes from my uh, background as a graphic <laughs> yeah. designer it's like the um, the fascination about the, the object and um, about the uh, yeah all, all the qualities of print and uh, but I think I think that uh, digital publishing can achieve and can do things that uh, print could never do. Like, um, if you if you think of, um, I, I recently went to um, went to Cuba, and there it's a very common thing to um, to distribute um, on flash drives and USB sticks um, material that is uh, banned from the government. Yeah. 
and uh, that, so they they would go to like illegal places where they would get the latest films, Hollywood films, music, and get on the flash drive, pay a couple of dollars, and then leave and have it then at home where they can play it on the television. Yeah. And those are like things that print could never could never achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I mean when I, when I say that different circumstances call for different media and different um, um, different solutions. Also, because like um, I mean, internet sort of is enhancing this distribution thing. Like you, would, I think it was um, San Serif talking about how they you know had links with different places in in Europe. That would be so much harder if you didn't have right. like internet connections. But there there used to be such a thing in the. Uh, there used to be a couple of punk zines uh, who um, who like picked up this idea of a network. Also, if you think yeah. of the whole Earth catalog, which yeah. is basically like um, providing tools, and then the, those punk zines, for instance, um, they had a list with like places to sleep uh, for punk bands or places to stay, places mm. to drink for yeah. for punks, and then and that's was... kind of all you need, right? Like, I mean, if we're talking about like what's the internet actually for, like, what what, what is it good for? And, like, usually what people say is, like, organizing, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like, event organizing or, like, political organizing and stuff. It's, it's sort of a bit of a historical amnesia that people have that politics did happen before, before like, social media, you know, that you can have these lists. And... Yeah. I think print on demand is, a, is an interesting fusion of those two things, of digital publishing. Print on demand. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is basically um, that you... Um, you upload a PDF, and then um, you could either um, just get it you know, printed on demand, so and then ship to your place. Mm-hmm. But you could also um, leave this PDF on a, a particular platform, and then people could um, people could just order the book themselves. So the distribution is centralized to this to this website. So, but then maybe printed in different places yeah. all over the world. So I could I could have the same I could access the same book in Germany. And then have it printed somewhere, somewhere in Europe or even in Germany, and then shipped it to my home. But then also have the same book that has been maybe uploaded from the states in Australia, and then have it uh, shipped and printed in Australia. And would there be? I mean, with this, is there usually typically guidelines about how? I mean, are the people who are printing it? Is this just printing it out in your printer or printing it out at a printing workshop? It's uh, it's it's a professional printer actually. Okay. So they um they produce proper books. They, um, there's different choice of paper, different uh, yeah, yeah. choice of sizes. Yeah. Uh, so actually, you would get a, a, a finished uh, book delivered to yeah. your place that you can even um, that is even printed in like a edition of one copy. I was quite interested in. I think it was Tom Clark, maybe or textbooks that mm-hmm. says something about fixing conversations in time. I think it might have been Tom Clark. Yeah. Does that sound? Yeah. He he was quite like keen on this idea that that you sort of by doing that you you, you somehow like arrest the sort of constant need for new things, but also you know yeah you you take stock. It's like archiving and things like that. Um, and yeah, just to sort of be provocative, I guess like it's not that that is a good thing. But he he seemed to think it was important that you, yeah that you document everything. You know that is that a movement is documented. I'm, I mean, my question is, what does it matter if it if something lasts? I suppose you know. And um, same with this like digitalization. Like, there's something quite nice about the fact that it becomes incompatible again. You know that. But why? 
Well, no, yeah, it's a good. Well, because I, I lost, I lost uh, the memory of my hard drive this morning. So, oh, really? Quite, sure. But on the other hand, I was uh, kind of happy that I mainly do books, so I have most of my work in, yeah. in the shelf. So. Well, okay, like a good anecdote, not my own, but uh, of um, Joy Division when they became New Order. Tony Wilson came up to them the first day they were in New York. He says, "Hey guys, I've got great news." All our equipment has been stolen. It's just such a nice way of putting yeah, it. Because, yeah. like, it's a terrible... And they were all gutted about it. It was all the equipment that they produced all the Joy Division albums on. But he's, like, making a point here that, like, maybe you just need to, like, creative destruction, get rid of everything. Yeah. I guess that's why... What's good about evaporation of, of things, you know? But I, I but I think I think it's, it's not always about... Um, or I think like what I do is not necessarily about uh, print, um, but more the idea of making things public. I I would also maybe consider like an event, uh, such as the one we're doing on Friday, uh, could also be maybe considered a publication because it's um, we've basically um, we we took content and we um, we uh, prepared it for 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 an audience and it's it's. It's a, like maybe a non-material, immaterial publication. Yeah. Um, so I think I think there's a difference between like printing and like pu- publishing in the sense of printing, um, which I don't think is I, I don't think necessarily that printing is always publishing. I think it's more about making things public, and that yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be materialized and captured in in print or in uh, some sort of object. But that, that's that's totally like. You, you really have to like today. You really have to ask yourself why? Why? Why is it worth printing? Why can it not be something else? Why can it? Mm-hmm. Why can it be like a, a performance, a lecture, uh, a conversation, a radio show? Uh, why does it even have to be materialized? And um, yeah, I, I I think. But yeah, I mean that's like, like art. I guess is it's not supposed to sort of like be sort of smoothly fit into the flow of current things it's supposed yeah. to kind of provoke I guess right yeah yeah, yeah I was going to say that, um, that that first of all like um, I think printing is, is not uh, I think back in the days before like digital publishing and digital technologies people used it literally as a as a, as a mean for a means for archiving for like a con- uh, like as a content container and now it's really like because there's maybe better better containers, other containers, uh, uh, digital technologies. Um, now it's really like reconsidering the purpose of of uh, publishing, which is also why printing is not publishing anymore. It's just printing. But like, yeah. how how do you how do you use this publication? Like, if I just publish, if I just print a book and I I have a I have like a hundred copies of a book, that's not publishing. I need to distribute it. I need yeah. to do something with it. I need to contextualize it. It has to has to have a life in the end. And this has like uh, and that's publishing. And this could also happen to um, to a performance. Yeah. So like, I guess this is where Facebook uh, sort of has a role, right? Because like that's the button you press. You press the publish button, and that's mm. like then you've you, from your page you've like made public something right people forget that <laughs> yeah 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 and yeah like in this sense uh like publishing has never been that easy and i think that people also if we talk about again about responsibility uh uh then 
this is uh, this is something uh, that people need to be more aware of that that this is also publishing. I think it's not it's not about like creating audience, but also different different things. How you can use publishing? You can use publishing to tell a story, to uh, bring an argument, to uh, to maybe um, contextualize other 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 works or um, uh, complement other works. Yeah. Uh, I think it's not only only about this audience. Mm. This is one aspect. I think um, that's also what I try to do in the book. Is like touching upon different different aspects, which is like uh, community, uh, personal networks, um, uh, process, process, uh, experiment, uh, practices. I think those are like all different different aspects of publishing. Yeah, I mean, there's something like somewhat cataclysmic about what happened, like. In November, I guess, you know, but more so for me anyway, back in June last year, you know, it was like, fuck, how did the media, like, create this situation? Because it's the media creating a situation where, like, there is just not a clear understanding of what what is believable, you know? I mean, I don't really buy the whole post-truth thing. I, I think there's never been, like, truth, right? With that said, what what's why it's coming into mainstream is because there's mainstream news, which is like not believed, but then some people believe it, and the split yeah. is people who believe the mainstream and who don't. Yeah. And and I and I think well, publishing is like mainstream publishing is a business, so yeah. it's like also news and and news media is is a business. So in the at the end of the day, they wanna they they wanna sell. And they uh, want to have re- a huge readership, and they so um, so that that's what I mean by by corruption. And and if you have uh, non like non commercial projects, you just don't you just don't have that that problem. But it's also just like for me anyway. I mean, I'm intrigued by it ever more because I'm like we 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 must stop this kind of very very like fast publication mm. you know information coming really really quickly and, and it being impossible to to really discern what information yeah, was yeah what's what where some effort has been put in yeah whereas like I put printed publication self printed and stuff I mean I, I think it's a very confused uh, confused situation we have at the moment like where we don't really know like what to believe how to who yeah. to believe and, like what's more credible like my neighbor or um uh, mass media or yeah, yeah. Um, but then like the problem is yeah just like like well the the answer is I guess like to create something that's slightly more situational location based and right. like, community based but it's not going to change the world but it might slowly chip away at yeah. something right Radio Echo with Fanfara is a European Echo production you can follow us by searching Radio Echo on the podcast app or liking European Echo on Facebook. The theme was Cass by Jim Clemose.